Holt House of Sandy's Kitchen Medley. Thank you for joining me this Saturday morning on June 28th. I am so excited for you to be here listening to me this morning. I have a guest host, and I have never had a guest host on Sandy's Kitchen Medley before. But this week I got to thinking, how can I make this show new and exciting for you, the listeners? And I have a friend who's been a chef for a while, and I have talked to him over and over since I moved to the Annandale area 17 years ago. And his name is John Dagner, and John is a lot of fun. If you know him, you've heard him laugh, and you've heard him smile, and if you've been lucky enough to eat at Cafe Jules when he has been the chef there, you have had some of the most delicious meals you could ever have in the area. He is one of the most fabulous chefs I've ever um, had the pleasure of eating. And so I called him and said, John, would you please, please, please be my guest host on Sandy's Kitchen Medley? And I was not aware that he is a listener of the show and a listener of KRWC AM 1360 on a regular basis. He actually quoted other shows that we have on the air and he listened to the Kitchen Medley um, back before it was Sandy's Kitchen Medley. So he's a true fan. Um, so that was really fun. So we have a lively interview coming up where John shares his love of good food and we talked about his wonderful, uh, he has four daughters and he has nine grandchildren, um, but he is single ladies. He's a wonderful cook and just a great, great, great guy. Um, but he and I have been cooking together and doing things together for the um, annual Field to Peace Community Dinner. So we were able to talk a little bit about that too. So please come back and join us as we interview Chef John Dagner right here on Sandy's Kitchen Medley. Thanks for joining us this morning and we will be right back. You're listening to the podcast of Sandy's Kitchen Medley. Sandy's Kitchen Medley can be heard every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. on KRWC AM 1360, radio for Wright County. So, hey, John, how's it going? Really good, Sandy. Good. Thank you for being here on Sandy's Kitchen Medley. You know, you're my first interview. I know. I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> I am, too. I am, too. Well, I want to know a little bit about how you became a chef or how you really got interested in cooking. I think that's that's just such a cool thing to me that you do this. Well, I, I think with most cooks, it started as when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, I'm originally from southern Minnesota, Sleepy Eye area. And my grandparents lived in Lamberton, and they always had a really big garden. So growing up, I just thought the food that you got came from your backyard or your neighbor's backyard or the, the family friend that had a farm where you got your chickens and eggs. And I like to eat. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was the best possible way to get the best possible food. What's know? the first thing you remember kind of making? Making, huh? 
Um, I guess it would be green beans, to tell you the truth. Okay, so going out to the garden and picking some green beans. Right. And... Well, my grandpa handed me a handful of seeds and said I could plant them anywhere I wanted to. Oh, wow. And, of course, I think I was like six, seven years old. I uh -huh. just put them all in a little hole. <laughs> so watching them grow and develop, because we'd have dinner there mm -hmm. usually every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And you always, that always started out. We'd get there, and all the kids and my grandma and grandpa would go out to the garden, and we'd pick carrots or whatever it was. And finally, it was my beans were ready. Oh, my gosh. Right. So my grandma showed me how to clean them, and she boiled the water, and I put them in there. And Green beans. Yes. How and old? I was so proud because everyone, you know, <laughs> being the little kid, I'm sure. <laughs> how old do you think you were when that happened? Oh. <sighs> Six, seven, yeah. I mean, it was like first grade. That is way cool. Right. That is But really I mean, they cool. were, like I said, the ones that got me into gardening. Right. Looking back now, I because my grandma always said I was the best weeder. Oh, I don't okay. know if that was her trick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I would be so diligent every time. Right, then. right, right. Well, if you're good at something or somebody says you're good at something, that makes you want to be even better at it. Exactly. Right, right, right. right. Oh, yeah. Really um, encouraging. Yeah. All my cousins and stuff. Do you know what Grandma said about me? <laughs> best weeder. I'm the best weeder. <laughs> right. If you um, could interview or talk to, who do you think your favorite chef is? Oh, man. I, uh, I'm i a food network junkie. Right. So, so I guess I. I, so I've I. taken a little bit from all of them. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I really like Ina Garten. I do She's too. simplistic at the way she approaches stuff, mm -hmm. um, uses what's around her. Mm -hmm. Jeffrey, come taste this. <laughs> <laughs> but she makes too. food approachable, I she think, does. for a lot of people. Takes and, away that intimidation. Right. And mm -hmm. in teaching my kids that too, you know, they were always, like you said, a little intimidated mm -hmm. about what mm -hmm. they were going to make. And mm -hmm. just like, just relax, you're just boiling water. Yep. Set yep. the timer. How many kids do you have? I have four girls. Four girls. Yep. And now they like to cook too. I mean, are they all introduced to that? Um, I wish they would cook more, because yeah. it was like something I taught them along the way when they're going to college and stuff. It's so right. much easier to go to the store and buy stuff to make a sandwich mm -hmm. than going to Subway. It is <laughs> right. cheaper. So I always told them, don't eat your money. Right. Exactly. For, the, for what you pay at uh, Subway, mm -hmm. you know, you can make ten sandwiches at home. Right. And eat probably better. Eat and for, the way you like it, even right. though they say they do. But Right. Eat for a week versus a day. Exactly. Right, right. Oh, that's really good advice. Do you, do you have people that come and say, John, I really love what you made, maybe a recipe you made at Cafe Jewels or something like that. Do you share those recipes or not? Well, let's face it. I think for a lot of cooks, mm -hmm. hearing that, Oh my gosh, that was one of the best things I've ever eaten. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not going to lie, I do a lot of my cooking for my ego. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I like sharing recipes mm -hmm. because I don't know, I'm not like to the line. I like to follow directions well, but mm -hmm. give me a base and then I like to take it from there. And sharing it with other people, they may come back to you a couple weeks later or a month later for that matter and say, you know what, I tried adding this. I added a little more vinegar to it at the end. And okay. It's like, oh, wow, great idea. So you can build on that from other people's ideas and exactly. things like that. Do you find it hard to recreate recipes, especially when they turn out really, really well? Do you have to think back and go, oh, gosh, what did I do? Well, I think a lot of people think, 
cooking is just following the directions. But mm-hmm. a lot of times it's the process, right. you know, like bringing your butter to room temperature mm-hmm. or, you know, after you make something, you have to cool it for a little bit first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in the restaurant business, you're always cooking so fast. And I think that that's something people forget. You have to slow down mm-hmm. and follow the process. Okay. That's really interesting. I hadn't thought about that, especially um, cooking in a restaurant setting. You don't think about... It changes your recipe in a way because you're to- do- speeding up the whole entire right plating it, getting it ready. Exactly. To go, so, right? I mean, you got to have your mise en place ready, so you got all your vegetables chopped and what you got par cooked, and right. So then you have to settle down and think in your head, okay, what order am I going to do this? Exactly. Because I'm not cooking for a lot of people at once. Mm-hmm. It's whatever they come in and decide they want it. It's still. Right. I always try to make my last dish as good as my first dish, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think that's very important in the restaurant business. Oh my gosh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I've had your walleye, and that is just one of my absolute (laughs) favorite things to have. Um, When you do share your recipes, this is one thing my mom always says is, you know, sometimes people don't share their recipes honestly. Do you always share your recipes honestly? Well, yes and no, I don't try to be dishonest. Okay. But, you know, when you're just rattling off stuff, you know, you get the ingredients that are in there. But like I said, a lot of times you don't get time to explain the process. Right, okay. The walleye, for instance, you know, right. you, you have to dry it, salt and pepper it on both sides. And right. then, you know, do the proper breading formula. Okay. So I think sometimes that gets lost in translation. Well, I put everything you said in it, but it didn't turn out like you wanted to. It didn't turn out exactly the way John makes it because John's the one who's made it 500 times versus the one time. Well, because I didn't explain the process. Exactly. Okay, that's really interesting. That's really interesting. I have one question that I'm going to ask every single person I interview who has cooking experience. What's that? Because this is the question. I have a friend, um, Rini Fromm. She's from up on the North Shore. She struggles with this every time. And she posts it on Facebook. She posts her failures all the time. What is the perfect way to boil an egg? What's the secret? What's the secret, John? When you find it out, tell me. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, have followed cookbook directions, read it out of food magazines, listened to the, the chefs on TV and how they do it. Yeah. Um, I still struggle to make a soft-boiled egg, which I really enjoy eating. I you do, You put the too. egg in first, you let the water boil, you let it boil for two minutes, you take it off the heat and put the cover on it. I don't know. I think that's a mystery question. So <laughs> there is no right answer. Uh, I, yeah, you got to figure it out for yourself. <laughs> and again, you know, that's the variables. There's a lot of right. variables there, too. That's interesting. Okay, good, good. <laughs> what is the most favorite thing you've ever made? Oh, man. Or what's your favorite thing to make? That's like asking me which kid I love the most. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> um, I was thinking, which kid what do I'm you love the today. most? <laughs> <laughs> nice try. <laughs> but like for breakfast today, I just made a frittata. I went mm-hmm. out to the garden, I picked some asparagus, I grabbed some dill, some chives. I had some Gruyere cheese from oh, the farmer's yum. market, a little yeah. bit of a baguette left. It was great. It was like your favorite breakfast. Yes, exactly. All day. Yesterday I went fishing, caught some crappies, came home. Again, went to the garden, got some asparagus because that's what's coming now. Right. Lightly seasoned, a little bit of butter, Hmm. squeeze a lemon, just very basic, 
Maybe that's what I could say. I like easy, basic things. So anything that you can is seasonal. Right. Good home cooked food. Right. Like right now, I'm looking for the Fourth of July. The right. hamburgers will be there. Right. Corn's almost ready. Right. You know, later on in the summer when the tomatoes are ripe, who doesn't like a great BLT? Oh my gosh, right? that's exactly <laughs> right. Now we've got the um, the Annandale area, the Field to Feast Community Dinner coming up Pretty Sunday, about August that. 18th. You're one of the chefs that's been there from the beginning. Um, how do you feel about that experience, being part of that community dinner? Um, it's something, you know, again, like I said, I watch all the TV shows and was hoping that something like that would come to Annandale. Mm -hmm. So when I was asked to do it, I was extremely excited, mm -hmm. pretty honored, too, to mm -hmm. tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. But just bringing people together and mm -hmm. showcasing the local food that we have here, um, the farmer's market, the local vendors, um, sometimes I don't think people think about really what truly is available at their fingertips mm -hmm. and showing how to use what you have mm -hmm. um, was a part that I was I don't know, pretty proud to be part of. Right, right. Well, I've, I've worked with you on that project now for four years and just can't believe what you bring to the table on that project. I'm well, so you. proud to work on that with you. Um, you are bringing some really, really cool things this year. What's what's one thing that you're going to share with us that'll be like our, our sneak peek? Can you give us one thing that you're bringing to uh, Field to Feast to make people's mouth water and get excited about this event? Um. I do really like them all equally, to tell you the truth. But you have some great, I went to the tasting, so you have some great menu items this year. I guess the one I'm looking most forward to making is um, the tomato salad that I'm going to do oh. with the almond dressing. Yes, yes. Um, when we made it for the tasting, like I said, I tried to preface it to everybody. This isn't the same because yes. it's just the store-bought tomatoes. Yes, but, yes. Uh, when you get the fresh tomatoes from French Lake Farmer and all the different heirlooms and varieties. Yes. Right? Just the beauty of the I, salad. I can hardly take credit for how it's going to taste because right. it's all from the, the, the tomatoes and the herbs we're going to throw in there. Oh, but you've got to take credit for the talent because okay. you are going to make the dressing. And I mean, it takes a chef to put it all together and make it as as beautiful as it was at the tasting. I know it wasn't the tomatoes you're going to use, but it was right. really, really, really beautiful. And I think it's important to know, too, this Field to Feast dinner. I mean, it's all, it's all pro bono. I mean... Nobody takes a paycheck away from right. this thing, especially the chefs who work day and night to put this together. So I want to thank you for oh. that, too. Well, it's my pleasure. So, yeah. It goes back to what I was saying before, too. You know, it's a lot of anxiety up until the moment that it happens. Mm -hmm. But then you're getting the compliments and everyone's enjoying themselves. And you just take a step back and you hear all the laughter and the people talking. And there's my ego boost again for the day. Right. Yeah, ready right, for next year. Right. It's the ego boost for the next 365 days, right? right? <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here today. I really, really appreciate doing this, I had a great this, time. John. It was a pleasure, Sandy. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much. And we're going to come back with a medley of recipes for you to share. And thank John Dagner today for being with us on the show. We'll be right back.
Sandy's Kitchen Medley. Wasn't that a great interview with John Dagner? I just love his passion for gardening and cooking. So I have pulled together a medley of garden recipes. And the first one is for a spinach and cheese frittata, which can also be made now with fresh asparagus that I know a lot of you have in your garden. The second is for a buttery garlic green bean. And the third is for a delicious pickled radish. And that's something that my grandma and grandpa used to make all the time. And it's really delicious. But it's a recipe I kind of forgot about until John and I went to lunch after our interview and we started talking about it. So I have three recipes to share with you. And I'm going to start with the spinach and cheese frittata. Now to make this, you need eight large eggs, one third cup of heavy cream, three fourths cup shredded mozzarella. Now I like to switch up the cheese a little bit. I use whatever I have in the refrigerator. Sometimes I have a Havarti or a Gouda and I like those a little bit better than mozzarella in a frittata because they just have a little bit more flavor. Then I'm going to add a little bit of kosher salt and freshly ground black pepper. Now this recipe calls for a pinch of red pepper flakes. I personally leave those out because I really have no tolerance for heat in recipes. My husband Mike can attest to that because I am a wimp when it comes to heat. Two tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil, one shallot minced, but this time of year, if you've got them in your garden, um, just don't add them to the heat so much, but just a little bit later in the recipe, add some fresh chives or something like that. Three cloves of garlic minced, eight ounces of baby bella mushrooms sliced, one half cup ricotta cheese, three cups of baby spinach. Now this is where if you don't have spinach in your garden, but you happen to have asparagus, I would just chop some asparagus and throw in there. Now I'm gonna preheat my oven to 375 degrees, and in a medium bowl, whisk together your eggs, your heavy cream, and your cheese. Season it with your salt and pepper and your pinch of red pepper flakes if you're using them. Now in a large skillet over medium heat, heat your olive oil. Now before you add your eggs in there, add your shallots and garlic and cook just until soft. About five minutes and then add your mushrooms and cook them until soft. Now if you're replacing your shallots, with chives. You don't want to cook chives for five minutes. That's just too long. They're just too tender of an onion for that. You're going to want to save them until a little bit later when you just put in the eggs. So then you're going to add the mushrooms and cook them until soft, probably about four or five minutes more. Add your spinach or your asparagus and cook that until it's wilted about two minutes. Season those vegetables with salt and pepper, and then you're going to pour your egg mixture over the top and dollop that with the ricotta cheese. At that point, you're going to transfer the entire pan to the oven, and you're going to bake just until the eggs are set. 
probably about 10 to 12 minutes. Just keep an eye on them. The second recipe is for a butter, buttery garlic green bean. These are really, really good. Now, my husband doesn't care for garlic. I happen to love it. So it just depends on your family. Three cloves of garlic might be a little bit much. If you don't have a garlic-loving family, you can reduce the amount of garlic you're adding, or you can also just leave it out. So buttery garlic green beans. I like to get about a pound of fresh green beans and trim them and snap them in half. So when I say trim them, what I mean is I take a kitchen shear and I snip off each end of the green bean. So we're going to trim them and wash them and snap them in half. We're going to take three tablespoons of butter and three tablespoons of garlic minced. We're going to also have two pinches of lemon pepper and salt to taste. So we're going to place the green beans in a large skillet and just cover them with water and bring it to a boil. Reduce the heat to medium low and simmer just until the green beans start to soften. That's generally about five minutes. Drain the water and add butter to the green beans. Cook and stir until the butter is melted, two to three minutes. Then you're going to cook and stir the garlic with the green beans until the garlic is tender and fragrant, about three to four minutes. And then you just sprinkle the lemon pepper and the salt over the top. These green beans are so delicious and have so much flavor. They make a wonderful side to fish or chicken or even steak from the grill. So give these a chance. They're really, really good. Now the last recipe in this medley is for pickled radishes. And if you go out there on our Sandy's Kitchen medley, um, Facebook page I have put a picture of these pickled radishes and just the color it's so vibrant and pink and beautiful they really add something to your um, luncheon or dinner table they're so pretty so pickled radishes this makes a one pint jar so be sure to wash your radishes really well because they will be sandy I know sandies can be a good thing, but sand and radishes is not a good thing. Once you pickle them, if they're gritty, they're just not good. So make sure you wash them really well and get all that sand off. I like to use um, like a brand new toothbrush or if you have a vegetable brush, just kind of get all that little grit off from them. Now there's no herbs in this recipe, but you can pack a bay leaf in there or some tarragon or a few sprigs of fresh dill in the jar before you close it up. That'll add a little extra flavor. Some people like to add a chili pepper. That's optional. I don't add it because I don't like that extra little kick. But if you like that, um, I know my mom really likes that. So put a little chili pepper in there and close up the lid. That gives it a little extra boost. But you will need one bunch or four long radishes. It's about a pound of radishes. One cup of water, one cup of white vinegar, 
two teaspoons of sea salt. If you don't have sea salt, don't worry. Just use regular salt or kosher salt. I don't like to use iodized salt. It has a little bit different flavor, but if that's all you have, don't panic. It's going to be fine. Two teaspoons of sugar or honey. Some people prefer one or the other. One teaspoon of crushed peppercorns and one to two teaspoons of garlic peeled. Now when I say crushed peppercorns, try and use peppercorns. Don't replace it with black pepper. It really isn't the same flavor. Black pepper is minced and it, it just has a different flavor. I'd rather have you leave it out than um, replace peppercorns with just regular black pepper. So it's one bunch of radishes, about a pound, one cup of water, one cup of white vinegar, one two teaspoons of salt, two teaspoons of sugar or honey, one half teaspoon of crushed peppercorns, and one to two cloves of garlic peeled. Now the optional is one chili pepper split lengthwise if you want to add that to the jar. So you're going to slice the radishes into rounds like coins. So they're going to be perfectly round and in slices. In a non-reactive saucepan, bring the water and the vinegar and the salt and the sugar or honey to boil until the sugar and salt are dissolved. So you're going to be able to rub it between your fingers and you're not going to feel salt or sugar. Remove it from the heat and add the peppercorns and the garlic and the chili pepper if you're using that. Pack the radishes in a clean pint-sized jar and pour the hot liquid over them. Add the garlic and the chili into the jar as well. And also at that point, if you're using the bay leaf or the tarragon or fresh dill, put that in the jar at that time. Then you're going to seal up the jar, cover it, and let it cool to room temperature and refrigerate it. Now the radishes will be pickled and ready to eat after 24 hours, but you can um, keep them in the refrigerator up to a month. Now after 24 hours, you're going to see the entire radish is going to turn this really pretty, nice, rosy color. And it's going to be really, really pretty. And the garlic and the peppers and all the flavors, they're going to get a little bit stronger. And they're just going to be really, really delicious. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and for listening to John Dagner. I want to put a special shout out to John and thank him for being with me and for my first interview. It was a lot of fun and thank you for